This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I am Josh here with you weekly with me tonight. It's a full house. Chris. Hello. And Mark. Hello. Hello, Mark. Um, hello, Chris. So before we get started, a um, couple comments. Share us with your friends. We are our listens. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. Our listens for this year are uh, almost exponential growth again. We are getting ready to double last year's listens. Uh, we were looking at some charts from Chartable, and we are outranking in the U.S. for a technology podcast. We are outranking Kim Commando's two podcasts. So uh, Kim who, big, you know? Yeah, Kim who. I mean, people know K-12 Tech Talk better than Kim Commando. Um, Do you think I don't, that, I don't know that, that, that in, increases because of Mark? Oh, absolutely. Now, here's the bigger question. Do you think it's because of Mark or because Corey left? Oh, he who shall not be named left. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. So to celebrate the uh, getting close to doubling again, share us with your friends, your meeting groups. I'm having a meeting next week with my area tech directors. I think Chris is going to come up. I'm going to, well, you know, Chris, you won't be able to keep Chris from talking about the podcast. So uh, they're going to hear about it. Uh, Chris is having a meeting with his area people. They're going to hear about it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, share share us with your uh, meeting groups, your your consortiums, your state distribution list. Uh, they love getting spam like that. Uh, before we get started, I need a little marriage counseling, gentlemen. <clears throat> uh, oh boy, um, yeah. Oh, so tonight I, we had we had breakfast for dinner tonight. Mark, can you make a little clip thing that says like the views on this are not blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> we're all we're all in happy marriages. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Where where did this come from? I I, I need you to weigh in. Uh, (laughs) I love mini quiche. Like, you know, little mini quiche. (laughs) When they come in a package, there's the spinach quiche and there's the cheese mini quiche. Okay. There's two varieties in a sleeve. I'm having flashbacks to Alaska right now. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) My OCD, I have to eat them evenly. Like, I have to eat one spinach one and then one cheese one, okay? I have to to keep the count even. I got you. My wife tonight sits down and and takes multiple cheese ones. And I said, you got to keep that even. You got to take the spinach ones. She says no. And she laughed at me. Like... This was how, hurtful. How, how much did that hurt? Like it hurt you mentally? I had what? to get up from the table. Yeah, I was done. Is that true? Absolutely true. Yes, I cleaned my plate <laughs> and left. You have issues. I know. All right, so uh, on to the when real I was con- a kid. When I was a kid, I used to get sixlets. You know, sixlets yeah. like the little chocolate uh-huh. balls. Uh huh. And I wouldn't just eat them straight out of the package. <laughs> I'd put them on the table, and then I would have to flick one. To hit another one, like you know, like flick it, like I'm playing like candy pool, yeah, with the six slits, and I would only eat the ones that I hit, and that was my jam, huh? And I'd That's... flip the table if anyone <laughs> came up, and <laughs> got the counts off. Mark, do you, Mark, do you have any OCD you need to get out on the table? I, I have zero <laughs> stories to tell. 
Zero. <laughs> All right. Zero. Uh, oh, Chris is yelling at his dog. Um, okay, so it has been, boy, it's been a start of a year. Um, we are finally getting to the point where our, I think our, our collective head is above water at this point. We're starting to yep. breathe. Things are back to normal. I'm starting to do some normal things, you know, E-rate stuff, that kind of stuff. Um, are you guys, Mark, you're about a month behind us. So I'll be curious, Chris, are you, are you kind of feeling the same thing right now? This has been the week. We got a PD day tomorrow. Uh, and that's like, we were super excited about it because teachers are going to be stuck in trainings. No, no students around. We're going to knock out some tickets that have been like the, Festering. Hey, we just need some, some alone time. Yeah. Mark, how you doing? Uh, tired. I'm in yeah. the, the, you know, the school year has started. Things have gotten off and off the ground and running. Uh, but it's, there's just still a lot of lingering start of school stuff and the daily grind of, you know, looking at your phone first thing in the morning and what's the problems for the day, all that kind right. of stuff. So, right. It should be said, we jumped on this thing and we're all three wearing just our white shirts our white undershirts. Yeah. Not planned. I was going to say, yeah, well, good thing you can't see the pants I'm wearing or if I'm, never mind. Um, <laughs> so yeah, finally we're, we're well, a month today we started a month. We started August 21st, so a month in, and, and we're breathing again, which feels good. Um, so last week, we quickly touched on Google's new announcement about Chrome OS and their extended AUE or support for auto updates. Chris wasn't here, so I, we felt like we needed to talk about this again. So if you missed that announcement, um, we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, Google made a blog post about it. Uh, they they announced that Chromebooks made after 2021 or starting in 2021 uh, will now have a 10-year AUE, which is huge news. Uh, it went from, what, seven years to 10 years, that, that additional three years. Um, and, you know, you can make comments about, okay, well, will they, will they still be alive if they've been with a middle schooler for 10 years? Um, and then they said devices that were manufactured prior to 2021, you'll have to opt in to 10 year support. So quickly let's discuss or kind of talk about the 10 year support for 2021 devices and newer. Chris, what are your since you weren't with us last week, what are your thoughts on that? I was really thinking about we do have like we we have some Chrome devices in our cafeterias, Chrome devices with some TVs. We have Chrome devices that we really they get light usage. Uh, I think I can be excited about those to stay alive for, you know, longer than what they were. Clearly, clearly your, your dog Forrest is excited about that. He is. He's back. He's excited. Um, Mark, did you guys have a chance to talk about it anymore at your place and what that means uh, for you guys? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I don't, I think we, we look back to, you know, we started buying Chromebooks about 10 years ago. We're like, there's no way those things are going to last. I mean, a few of them will, but in all honesty, I think the only thing that really is going to benefit us is that the resale value will, yeah, you sure, know, might be a little bit higher or or retain some value. But but other than that, we're not banking on a Chromebook lasting ten years. So yeah, so I went back, I guess Friday last week and had some meetings with my administrators, and we kind of talked about you know I, I want to continue buying what we're buying, you know those two two grade levels a year. Um, but that allows us to get rid of some devices that are having problems, HP, and 
stick with some devices or, or use some devices that are actually, um, I didn't, I actually hated to begin with because the failure rate was so high, but they've actually kind of shaped up. Um, we're going to use those longer and, mm-hmm. and work on getting rid of the HPs. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely changed our trajectory a little bit or our plan a little bit. So the, the ours, interesting, ours, ours doesn't change cause we do three year rotation plan and, Lucas, if you're listening, like, I'm sorry, because we're big contributors of e-waste, right? Because we're hearing this great news and we're not changing anything. <laughs> um, but I do get it. If that's not your jam, that you don't do the leasing thing um, or that kind of rotation plan, you should be excited about this. Yeah. I think the the part that kind of worried me more than anything, because just knowing Google's track record with products, the statement that they had about um, if it was a device manufactured before 2021, you're going to have to opt in. Um, and there was some discussion online. Of, okay, what does what does that really mean? Like, are right. they going to make you rebuy the license? Are they going to make you buy, you know, pay to opt in? What does that really mean? So they did kind of clarify that statement on their their blog post. And actually, it's on the AUE page. Um, it, it more or less comes down to the fact that the devices that were made before 2021 have certain chipsets in them that may not support new features going forward. So from, from what that, the, the gist of it was, if, if you're going to say you're going to ride this device for an extra three years to get that 10 year mark out of them, you're, you understand that there might be future feature sets that come out that that device can't support due to the chipset or something in it. Um, and I, I think that's fair as long as they keep that extended, you know, that, that extended AUE free, you know, it's included. Yes, I understand. I agree. Um, and you're, and you're good to go. That'll, I think that'll do wonders for districts. So I think, um, hopefully that's not as big of a concern as people were thinking was going to come out to be. You know what's one of the biggest things that's impacted me from this podcast over the years? One of the biggest things that's what? Impacted me. Impacted you? What's that? I used to say the just of it. What's wrong? Instead of the gist of it. It's just. I'm well aware. Now. Hmm. Yeah. Hanging out with smart people will do that. You guys have made me better. We've expanded your your um, vocabulary. I appreciate um, both. I appreciate both of you, Chris. Why don't you talk about our first sponsor tonight, Fortinet? Fortinet, a proud sponsor of the K twelve Tech Talk podcast. We got to see a uh, a Fortinet advertisement from Japan on K twelve oh, yeah. Tech Pro this week. It's like a comic book. Yeah. Uh, from Richard on K12 Tech Pro. Really cool. He's going to try to give us like the full PDF spread. Um, like these cool anime like, characters yeah. talking about Fortinet in Japan. Uh, I, much I cooler had, advertising than we get here in the States. I had lunch with uh, Mr. Illingworth last Friday oh. and uh, got some, got to hear all about Fortinet and their new products and what's coming down the pipe and all that fun stuff. So how do you, how do people get a hold of Chris? Mr. Fortinet podcast at Fortinet.com. Give Chris a shout, give Mr. Illingworth a shout and uh, let him know that you heard about Fortinet from us. Um, so another, 
<clears throat> excuse me, another Google thing that we've talked about before, but it is, uh, it's really, it's real now, is this third-party app thing. Um, you know, when you log into the admin console, they smack you with this, this warning of you have to do this by October 23rd. Um, we, we did it back in July. Right. When I got back from Alaska, we, we did all of that. Did you guys know I went to Alaska? Mm. Cue the um, flashback. <laughs> so we did it way back then and i thought it was kind of put to bed but uh good night it seems like every day we've got a call from a teacher saying yeah. that you know the kids are trying this and they're legitimate apps that we've used in the past i thought we yeah. took care of all of it um once you guys are, are you guys seeing the same thing are you getting hounded by that is it becoming a problem every day yeah every day um, I think there there are a couple of things that we noticed. The first is um we were we were generous with the apps that have been used heavily and allowed those in. Uh the ones that we were familiar with. The onesies and twosies that were like I mean and we had a list of thirteen thousand apps. So the onesies and twosies that were at the very, very bottom that only one person had logged into, and suddenly it's a crisis because they can't access it. That's that's something I didn't expect. Um but also the the number of duplicates on the list. Yeah. So we would unblock an app and then come to find out when somebody logs in, it's a different one by the same name. That's what killed us. And it yep. was really, really painful for a little bit. Well, and they do an entry, one for web-based, one for Android, one for yeah. iOS. So there's separate entries for those. Yeah. Um, so you got sometimes the those. web version had multiple versions too. I noticed so. that today we I came across one actually for a site I'm not going to mention for a couple of reasons. But yes, um, and I noticed I, that today. The other thing we noticed is that the app name in Google does not always match the yep. app name. So we had to. Here's a little trick. I don't know if you figured this out yet. When somebody says that they've got something that's blocked, we tell them to click the show details button and you get the client ID. It's a long string of characters at google.com or something like that. You can search in the console for that and you'll always get the app that they're getting. So that's a much more accurate way than by searching by name. Ooh, that's yeah. a hot tip right there. Heard it here first. Because we've been having ours copy the URL because of that same reason. And like, again, like the name doesn't match up. They're saying that Blicklet's not working, but when you go and look at the client ID and put it in, it's called something else. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. had, uh, and I'll, I'll name drop it, I think. I don't think it's a big deal. Scholastic, like the magazine, uh, that was one that we had allowed. So kids could click on Google to sign into that. And I don't really know what I'm talking about, but that Scholastic magazine portal. Yeah. And they have access to all kinds of magazines. And then they were clicking on different magazines and getting a prompt from Google again. Hmm. And that was a different client ID from the original. And to try to troubleshoot that was very difficult because yeah. I don't, you know, random kid and random magazine he's clicking on and the teacher doesn't really, you know, you're trying to unpack it with the teacher, what has changed and what, why it's so important to give us yeah. more information. And I reached out to Scholastic's tech support uh, <laughs> and I don't know what tier I was at, but he sent me a link to a blog website that was describing google third party he was like maybe this is what you need and i was like no man i need you like really ideally i need you to tell me what the client id is right uh but they didn't know 
And I ended up sending them documentation of what the client ID is that I was having issues with. Uh, but it was news to them. Like my ticket got escalated and I, and I was striking out with them. I ended up getting the teacher to sit with the kid to give us the link. My favorite part of this are the vendors who are being a little proactive, who are, who are thinking they're being proactive. Oh, I hate this. And sending out mass emails to teachers saying, you better take care of, have your IT department take <laughs> care of this, because if they don't, it's going to be a... Pr- so I'm sure, Mark, I'm sure it's worse for you, but I, yep. I got like, one day I got like 10 emails, the same email yep. forwarded yep, to yep, me yep, from yep. the same yep. vendor. So yep. v- vendors, if you're listening, and we know you are, Stop it. Stop yeah. it. That's, that's annoying. That's really like for me to wake up and get a call from like dozens of teachers like I got this email and I think you need to do something is really, really annoying. And it makes me hate that vendor a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. spend a, spend a little bit of time research who in the district you need to go or right. use your rep like right. You, there's a smarter way of doing this. Yeah, we don't need a heads up from the teachers, okay? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I get it. it. It's the easiest way to get it and to capture those districts that aren't paying attention. But good night, you're irritating people that have their act together. Well, um, and if yeah. you, not to say that you don't have your act together, but if you haven't done this yet, um, you need to plan your day that you're going to do yes. this very, very carefully because that first day is going to be really tough. You're going to break everything. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say it's changed the it's it's added something else for someone to give the generic this website doesn't work. Right. Right. Like we're getting those messages yeah. and you have to be like, well, what's it saying? And it's it's yet another thing. Like you're thinking yep. it's your content filter. No, it's actually it's actually Google third party yep. stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, we've we've actually we can actually attribute more calls to the third party block than we can our firewall or line wide uh, our, our chromebook filter um this year and it, that's that's totally out of norm normally those are the first places we go no now we're, we're starting to shift that where the first place we're going is is now that third party app console which is i i said that same thing to my team this week uh there was a website that a lot of our teachers use for bell ringers at the beginning of the day or whatever and uh the client id had changed like it was working oh. earlier in the week and then it they something something different happened because it, it it was one that I knew it by name uh, in the in ad, admin console so I was like oh I know that I trusted that uh, it's still trusted and then I had them you know give me the URL okay it's a different client ID uh, so it was hosing all these teachers again it had been working and uh, the client ID changed wow that's that will be a pain if they start changing client IDs yeah. The nice thing about this, though, if you haven't done it, Google does give you the ability to download the spreadsheet or the the list of apps, and then you can bulk re-upload what you want to do, either trust or deny and what I'll use. Um, So you can do it somewhat quickly, and you can sort by the number of users. Um, So there are ways to kind of work through that list pretty quickly, but you definitely want to be careful when you do that. there is an article on K twelve Tech Pro on how to do that too. Tell me, where do I go to tech? Where do I find this K twelve Tech Pro? K twelve Tech Pro dot com dot com, and then you can actually click on the community and join and hang out with us. Chris, I was talking to somebody uh, last week, late last week, and they asked me, "Have you heard from? Has Chris called you lately about any networking issues?" And I said, "No, 
Actually, he hasn't. It's because he so, calls him Mike. I'm sorry. It was Mike. Because he, <laughs> he calls gone. Own, I had okay. lunch with Mike last week. Yeah, and he he wanted to know how bad you've messed up the network. Um, so, but no, you've been doing some exciting things with uh, Extreme. There, some of their management stuff, right? You were telling me about it earlier in the week. Yeah, Extreme Networks, a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, Dominic Mayer is the guy to reach out to there. It's dmayer at extremenetworks.com. Uh, Dominic and then Kevin, they've been helping me out uh, to get going with the Cloud IQ stuff. Uh, and then I've been working on Site Engine. That's going to let me do automated backups of all my switch configs and have my switches all talking to me, talking to each other. If a fan goes out or a power supply goes down, I'm going to get notified. It's in the console there as well. But uh, the Cloud IQ stuff, the Site Engine stuff, I was telling you a little bit about, Josh. I'm excited. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, it's not command line. It's no. And it's it's GUI, but you're making like network templates. You're making like objects, like more like a firewall kind of feel. Um, I'm I'm excited about all all, all of it. It reminded me what was um, HP had a tool like that. Um, wasn't called I. It was it was three letters. Was it like IMS or? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It it reminds me. A little bit of that, how the you know you like you said you can back up configs, you can make config changes. Um, it wasn't IMS Global. I don't know where where I'm coming up with that. Um, no, it, it it is good stuff. So check it out, Mark. You said we had a listener, a couple listener emails. Yes. Um, do you want to tackle those real quick, and we can we can kind of talk about those. Yeah, so uh, the the email that came in, I'm not going to read it verbatim because we don't want to um, give any sort of names away and we don't want to badmouth anybody. Um, but essentially, a district um, had been in negotiations with uh, a vendor, uh, contract negotiations to bring on this product. And I, I can't really go into the, the genre of the product. It's a very, very specific product. Uh, so it required quite a lot of negotiation over the terms of service. They finally got everything done. And the company uh, went directly to the kind of the implementation person who's not in the tech person, who's not a tech person at all, um, kind of a mid-level employee in the district, and said, hey, we're ready to go. We're ready to install. Can you just quickly sign this? And we're ready to go. It was a one paragraph page that said, uh, here's what we're going to be installing. And the one paragraph said, uh, and by signing this, you agree to the terms of service on the website, which supersedes anything else that you have signed and so essentially you have a a district who has gone through long long drawn out negotiations with a vendor and and with their legal and their lawyers and then that vendor went to a mid-level employee and had him sign something that he doesn't know what he's signing thinking Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a statement of work so in hindsight uh the agreement what the employee thought was more of a statement of work, because that's kind of how it was phrased, was titled uh, Terms of Service. Oh. And now the vendor is saying, well, he signed this. It supersedes all of the other work that we've done. So. Cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So my, my question to you uh, is, and the the... the, the Listener email was, so who should be signing this? But I'm going to take this a step further and say there are different types of agreements that a vendor might 
come in and, and, and ask you to, to review and sign. My question to you guys is, who is signing these different agreements in your organization? Now you have at the very, very high level or top level is your contract. Then you have a sometimes a terms of service. How is this product going to be operated? Then you have a statement of work. In all of those things, and then, and then finally at the very end, you might have the invoice or the purchase order. Who in your district is authorized to sign those documents? Um, we had a meeting at the beginning of the year, and it was uh, very forcefully reminded that the superintendent is the only person who should be signing contracts. Um, now, I think there's a every once in a while there is a little gray area in that, um, depending on the type of contract, like most of the stuff that I that I get, they will allow me to sign, but it's not. <clears throat> I, I have fully informed them of what's going on and what the product is, and we've done our due diligence, and this is what we've done. And it's even gone to board approval. And then I'm the one that, that ends up signing the contract because I'm the one that's going to be the system owner. Um, but like any of any of that type of stuff, yeah, our our at least definitely our frontline, like our teachers know they shouldn't be really signing anything like that. Yeah. Um, and really, statement of work, I, I think all of those that you mentioned, Mark, I think all of those are director level or at least manager level to like say job completion type signage. Yeah. That's not a frontline employee. That's a manager's job to sign that kind of stuff. Would you at put a principals in there? I don't know that I was trying to think through that from my district. Do you think principals have that authority? No, I mean, unless they're given the authority from the superintendent, no. And it's going to be the stance of your district who has the ability to, because they're signing as an agent of the district. And in most right. districts, that's the superintendent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least an assistant superintendent, maybe, um, depending on what the system could be. But yeah, the, the high level contract, like we are entering this work, that should be central, central office or whoever they say can sign. It's not a, yeah, it's not a principle. Now, statement of work or job completion, the system owner, you know, whoever's going to manage that system should be the one to say, yes, this job's complete. Because chances are the superintendent, after they've signed the contract, they're arm's length away. You know, they're, yeah. they're not yeah, in the exactly. day-to-day install of it. They don't know, you know, they have someone reporting to them that knows when it's done. Um, Chris, know, that, that's kind of the way I view that. Contract, statement of I, work. I think I'm pretty much the same as Josh. And, you know, and we're similar sized school districts, so I think that would make sense. I think directors, we might live in gray, like Josh mentioned about there's some gray area. I feel like a maintenance director, a technology director, the curriculum director, the athletic director, uh, tech director, that we're in positions where where we are signing things. Um, But I mean, I, I know that, Again, as Josh said, the bigger picture stuff with some years involved. My superintendent's not only in the loop, but typically it, that's getting kicked to him to, yeah, to be the one to sign it. And if not to sign it, at least like an email or, or like I said, it, yes. it's gone to it's gone to the board for approval. So there is a record that this contract has been approved by someone outside, you know, like an authority, right. a, a true agent of the district has has approved this. And it's public record somewhere. Um, so contracts, 
superintendent. I think that's pretty consistent across all yep, three of yeah. us. And yep. hopefully that's what's happening in your district is too. too. Maybe the CFO or somebody else. But it is, it is a very, very small number of people. Statement of work is going to be the person who's overseeing that work. Terms of service. So define terms of service, Mark. <sighs> this see, this is where it gets complicated because you open up, you you, you have an iPhone and you you get the new version. It's right, like sign right. this. Do you agree right. to this by using the phone? So I think that's that's the really hard one, right? Is the terms of service from the vendor saying these are the conditions that you'll use this product? And so it could be terms of service on behalf of the district for this entire global project, or it could be the user is agreeing to this before they enter the product. So years ago, um, when student data privacy was, was starting to really take hold and people were paying attention to terms of service, kind of those click wrapper type notices on websites, um, there was a big push at, at least in my district, because we were using a couple of different tools to to gauge the privacy leverage or the privacy level of websites. Um, there was a big push from us to teachers that said, look, you you cannot accept this agreement on the behalf of the district because that that's more or less what you're doing. If you're going out and starting this new service with a website and you click accept, you're acting as someone with authority with the district. And, and it was our stance that teachers really don't have that authority. So again, Mark, I, I would kick that to at least a system owner, director, um, same with statement of work, I think. Chris. It's supposed to work with us that any new tech product, website, whatever, whatever application uh, that it comes across my desk to approve uh, that we're supposed to use it. That obviously, like you just said, is a hard thing. It's not done like maliciously, probably the bulk of the time. Yeah, it's right. just someone that's excited to use whatever yep. website or whatever product and they're clicking, they're trying it out. Um, yep. But it's supposed to, and, and, and then we have criteria that, or I have criteria that we're looking at. A lot of that is, you know, is it going to work with our sis or our clever? Uh, and then again, the data privacy stuff, of course, but that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Interesting conversation. I don't think there is a very clear answer uh, when it comes to statements of work and ter in terms of service. That's where it gets messy. But hopefully, you're not ever signing anything that has the word contract on it. So, well, and and it, I think it's one of those things um, that if you ever have a question, just stop. Yeah, go go ask someone. Um, that's I I think the bigger. I, that's the bigger lesson here. If you're unsure, definitely don't sign it. Let let someone else figure that out. You know. Well, and and you know, you say go ask someone. Make sure you're asking the person who is authorized to answer well, that question. Well, and and again, Mark, <laughs> I think that's a different discussion. Like in Chris's Chris and I's districts, where I can literally walk across campus and go talk this talk to the superintendent. And, and, you know, big districts like yours, that's probably a, a different dynamic. Like, you probably just can't go barging into the superintendent's office and say, hey, I have a question. Um, Would you sign this? <laughs> can, I, can, I, can, I, can I sign this? Well, I, I will say we have very, very rigid protocols for the superintendent signing anything. So. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. 
Yeah. For very good reason, right? Yeah. How many times has somebody like snuck something in front of the superintendent while she's running out to the bathroom or something and she signs something that never should have happened? So yeah. it's a multi-step process to get the superintendent to sign anything. And typically when she's signing something, it's like, this has been approved by the lawyers and by everybody involved, you're clear to sign. So. And that's that's the thing that gets me about that email that you received. If there were lawyers involved on both sides of that, yeah, there was money spent on both sides of like when we get a lawyer involved, that's a billable hour. We don't it, we don't have lawyers on staff. So, yeah, I, yeah, boy, I, we would be really upset by that. Really this upset a, by that. This was a very large contract, a very expensive one. And uh, and then they the vendor went to a very mid to low level employee to to get him to sign something that. I, it, yeah i'm gonna say it it sounds dirty like totally dirty pool yep total shady uh i would have a real hard time doing business with that mm-hmm. company yeah that that would definitely cloud my vision of them that's our advice yep. cut it cut run it. <laughs> throw them out right Take their product and throw it in the street and send them a, p- a picture of it. Um, Chris, Visor's back. They have come back to sponsor us some more. Do that, uh, Eminem. Eminem. Guess who's back? Oh, yeah. No? It took me a second, but I got it. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Anyway, Visor. Uh, tracking who has which device and accessories such as chargers. We just had this uh, recently at our school. It's pretty much every day, right? Uh, Which kids have insurance, where Chromebooks have been swapped, where they're at, the whole bit. Uh, Matt, my sysadmin, actually spent some time in a lower elementary trying to figure out what laptop I gave to what teacher because I think I screwed up checking those out. Anyway, Visor can help you with that. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can get 20% off. That's, you know, we, we rough those guys up over at Visor. We're like, give, give our listeners 20% and they're doing it. So visor.cloud slash K12 tech talk. That's visor V I Z O R dot cloud slash K12 tech talk visor with a Z. And, and they might still have some visor visors, visor visors. So you'll have to, you'll have to ask them. Um, somebody I was talking to today, um, started a new program at their district. I'm trying to find the message he sent me. He called it ticket. Ah, here we go. He said, had my first ticket day today. The whole department blitzes a building and teachers are able to come and ask questions about whatever they want, support on whatever they want. Mm. No, no, no. Put in a ticket first. No email me first. Like their department is there to help. He said they resolved like 10 or 15 things that would have probably never been submitted. Um, And TICKET stands for, that he made it an acronym, Technology in Classrooms, Keeping Educators Teaching. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty cool. That's a cool idea. I I love the idea. So Matt, that's a super cool idea. I'm trying to wrap my head around how we can do something similar, but I really like that idea. Um, the only, the only hesitation I would have with that is, and it always comes back to printers, right? Um, the only, the only hesitation I would have with that would be, you know, you, you go into the situation, you say, look, 
nothing's off limits. We're, we're willing to talk about anything. And the first person's going to walk in that room and say, I, I brought in my wireless printer. Can you put it on the network? Like, yes, you're going to, you're going to have to say, no, I, I can't. So, um, building morale goes down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After you're really, this really cool idea and people want to kill you afterwards. Um, no, I think that's a super cool idea and, and dedicating resources to a building. Um, I think he's, I asked him, I said, well, what was the logistics like for this? Did they just come on their plan period or what? And he said, no, they actually sent out a form to begin with. And they were more or less making appointments with his department and said someone from their department would be in their room at this certain. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Super cool idea. So ticket. uh, It it reminds me and my idea failed previous school district. I did a day where I sat in the teacher's lounge and I was like, ask me anything, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this little, I left a cork board uh, where they could put little post-it notes of like all their wish list things. And then I, I just remember getting bummed out because nobody participated. <laughs> it was just me sitting in the lounge with an empty cork board. <laughs> oh, that's but great. this sounds like it actually went over well. Yeah. It, it uh, reminds me it was... too, my, my first year at current school district, uh, and I had picked this up from somebody else, uh, but I... It was my mission to go and visit every classroom. And it didn't have to be if the teacher was in there or not. I just made sure I my feet went into every single room that sure. we had. Sure. Uh, and that meant it meant a lot to me. And I felt like it impacted things. I saw the age of the smart boards, you know, on average, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I love the idea of sending the whole team, though. You know, and that's one of the kind of the tenets of the COSIN CETL when I was studying for that. Um, one of the things was getting out and being seen and being part of the buildings and seeing the teachers and see how they teach and how you can assist them. So, um, I I think it's definitely a thread that needs to be, needs to be pulled. And those, those ideas are super cool. So, uh, if, if I'm being, I mean, socially awkward, probably you could probably, I mean, I, I think I'm probably like a lot of techs. I don't like necessarily hanging out with people or like walking into buildings all the time. I I had a building this week that I kept thinking I need to go there first thing in the morning. Like I need to do this yeah. thing. Yeah. And I just wasn't looking forward to it because I knew that when I walk into this particular building, I'm not going to get to do the thing I'm actually showing up to do. I'm going to get uh, hit by some stuff, but uh, it wasn't that bad when I actually went. Uh, so to force yourself on a day and to bring your team with you again, I think, yeah, like, like you said, hats off to that. It's a cool idea. And I think it it probably goes a good way with those teachers too, showing that the IT department really does want to work and and resolve issues. Um, Mark, it would probably take you what six years to do that to hit every building. Yeah, I was doing the math on that one. I love the idea. I think teachers would love that. But then at the end of the day, if I was like, okay, see you in May, I don't think that would go. <laughs> we have a. Uh... Yeah, it's not gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it yeah interesting so scale up scale down whatever no it's really i i i really wish i could provide that kind of service to the teachers that's that's reality of it so if you can i think it's a fantastic idea and love the creativity of the uh ticket uh mark you have another listener email right uh which one was this one this one was something about stranger danger 
Oh, yeah. So interesting email about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Snapping to a Slim Jim. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to be so excited about Stranger Danger. But... Tell us about this issue, Mark. <laughs> What's going on over there? Uh, the, the email was about, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to th- go through my notes here, but do you allow students access to apps online where they can interact with strangers outside of your district. So, I mean, the real answer should be no, right? Right. I would say I don't think so. Yeah. I think, you know, a couple years ago, we we had an incident where we figured out that people could get to Pinterest, and that became a problem. So we had to, because, again communicating with strangers outside of outside of the walled garden or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we, we definitely make that effort to prevent as much of that as we can. However, there are always new websites being spun up every day that can allow that. But I think taking the step or taking the, the stance that that is something that should not be allowed um, and you actively try and prevent that is, is what needs to be happening. Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I can think of years ago, I forget what it was called, or I'd name drop it. I know that you don't like name dropping stuff, though, Josh, but it was some book website, and it was like, great idea. You're reading a particular book, you jump on the site, you can make a little circle of your friends at school that are reading that book, too. You're having a great discussion about this book. It's That's a great idea. However, uh, it was letting anyone that's reading that book to jump into these circles. Hmm. Uh, and we had to block it. And I remember uh, like the librarians were upset with me, the avid teachers that really encourage reading, they were upset with me. But that was the reality. Like, we're not going to let a middle school kid talk about a book with a stranger. Like, we, right. we can't. We can't right. let that happen. Yeah. Well, and similar discussion years ago, we had a we had a computer teacher and I, I don't like that term. Um, we had a computer teacher that was wanting to allow students on Twitter. And it's like, okay, real conversation time. Like, when was the last time you were on Twitter? And do you realize that you can, t- you can type in the search bar, insert your favorite adult theme, and come back with whatever? There, there's no filter on, on Earth that would allow me to prevent that from happening. So, no, we, we can't allow that. Um, so I, I put it in the same realm of, of something like that. You, you, can't, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I think you can, you can take steps to minimize students and, and strangers having one-on-one contact, you know, private messaging, those kinds of things. But you can't eliminate a student's ability to, in, to, to go to websites that have other content generated so youtube comments right like if you were to take right. the approach of we're not going to allow anybody from the outside well you can't do that on youtube so it's it's a hard one i think it's in our best interest to take steps to to minimize the uh one-on-one interaction that a stranger might have with a student while on school property or while while you know in, on virtual school property um but you can't i don't think you can chase down every single rabbit hole yeah I definitely agree with that statement. However, and there's always a however in life, um, more and more Chromebook filters, Mark, are coming out with the feature that can hide 
YouTube comment. And that's just to that specific example. And I, I, I know what you're saying. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely should be making an effort of that. I have uh, a fun story to tell. I was just thinking oh, about Lord. in in, in the, it's, it's on the topic. And a lab. Okay. Uh, this uh, website, uh, whiteboard box.com. Uh, we blocked it this week. Uh, it's a simple online whiteboard, but you just make community whiteboards and then anyone can draw huh. and talk and whatever on them. So we had some kids that were sharing this out. And again, it's just, it's like public. So they were sharing it out and doing some stuff they shouldn't do on there. So I was getting it blocked, but I found, uh, here's my fun story. I found the one that like a lot of our middle school kids were using. So I jumped on it Uh and then I wrote, uh, in marker, I was scribbling over everything first and you can't tell who's who it's, it's anonymous. So I keep scribbling and then whoever's on there keeps erasing my scribbles because you can hit undo. You can kind of fight each other. And then I wrote, this is the tech department. (laughs) And then they wrote, and then they wrote, sorry. (laughs) And then everybody quit writing. Oh, that's (laughs) hilarious. Um, I, one of my favorite moments, very similar to that is we had like when Google chat and rooms came out and Google had Mm, zero controls over it, though they, rooms would just run rampant. And I joined a room that was running wild with kids Mm. across multiple buildings. And I, I knew it was going to happen. Like they don't know who I am. So I was like, let's control the language here. And then of course I get, (laughs) I get attacked right away. (laughs) And my colleague is laughing at me because we all knew it was going to happen. But the best part is within seconds, that student goes, I'm very sorry, Mr. Blank. Uh, my teacher just told me who you are. Oh, and that's hilarious. <laughs> die laughing. So it turned into a lesson, and I had a nice interaction with the young gentleman in this gigantic chat room about, you know, proper professional behavior. So That's great. That's hilarious. Uh, I I have to... Take a minute and say, I told you so, gentlemen. Oh, um, boy. Last night, we were at a meeting at our high school because my son is a senior this year. And it was a, it was a meeting about applying to colleges and yada, yada. And there was a local <laughs> university there giving a presentation about, you know, the whole process of applying to, univer- applying to continuing ed past high school. And she gets onto the part where she's talking about filling out the application. And she's like, you know, you're going to have to have an email address in here. And, you know, they're going to ask for your email. And she said, I want to point out that you should not be using your school email account to apply to colleges, that this should be a personal email account. And Mm -hmm. I sat there and thought to myself, yes, lady, you are right. It should be your personal email account. I... I agree, Josh, but you're also the one saying don't allow personal email accounts no. on their school device. Oh, yeah. No, we block that. They have well, a phone. Well, well, mm-hmm. They have a phone for that. <laughs> yeah. So then you want the kid that doesn't have a device at home to make a personal account, which just means he's not going to college now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Never apply. Unbelievable what you're doing, children. You never got children. to apply. <laughs> All right. I'm, so, done. I'm done with yeah. you. Wow. Great job to your son, though, for getting to apply to college. Yeah. <laughs> you weeded out all those kids that never get the opportunity because you blocked them. 
<laughs> you two are jerks. Do you know what the uh, four-year college rate is in Josh's district? One. <laughs> One. <laughs> His own kid. <laughs> you two. Chris. Yeah, you won. You won that argument for sure. <laughs> oh thanks guys chris why don't you tell us about jupiter uh ed real quick yeah jupiter uh if you are a don't if you're a small to medium-sized school district jupiter for sure is uh assist that you should check it out if if you're looking at power school or you're looking at infinite campus if you're looking at a new sis uh check out jupiter check out jupiter ed we'll put a link uh, to them in the podcast description. Uh, you can reach out to our friend Stuart there. Josh and I got to hang out with Stuart earlier this week, and we're going to save that interview. We're going to save that interview for a few weeks uh, from now. Uh, but he impacted Jupiter pretty well for us, and and helped us get some better insight into what they offer. Uh, they can just do your grade book, like they can just do different things. Josh, what else they say? They that they can just do one year contracts if that's what yeah, you want. That was their thing was a one year contract. Like they didn't want to lock you in for multiple years. Um, they wanted to make sure that you were happy year over year and and to continue to keep your service. Um, but yeah, it, it was a good conversation with Stuart, and uh, we'll look forward to sharing that with you guys. They kind of, to me, as we've gotten to know them, uh, they just want to be on your list to check out. Yeah. Uh, if you are looking, why not look at them? Yeah. Uh, that was one of the bigger things that he said that kind of had an impact on me when we did that interview. And and he admits, you know, there's big players in, in the field and um, they're not as big as those big boys, but they can do everything the big boys can do. Um, and a little bit, I think, more hands-on service, a little bit more, uh, um, I don't know, personable service, personal mm-hmm. support. So, uh, yeah, check out that interview in a couple of weeks. Guys, that's all I have to talk about tonight. You guys have anything? Are you starting your fishing campaigns yet? We started mm. ours, and it's not been pretty. Um, sent out a fish that said, "You Venmo has paid your Venmo has paid Ted Lasso a hundred dollars," and you would be surprised the number of people that are clicking. That. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, that was episode one thirty six. Share us with your friends. You can find us if you want to send us an email with a horror story about a vendor changing terms of service. Uh, k12techtalk at gmail.com you can find us on twitter x whatever it's called we're on linkedin but definitely shoot us an email and share us with your friends thanks for listening the views and opinions expressed on the k12 tech talk podcast are the personal opinions of josh chris and mark and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.